2: That means they know what it takes to help you personalize your policies for your small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.
3: Hi, everyone. This is Pivot from New York Magazine and the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm Kara Swisher.
1: And I'm Scott Galloway.
3: And so I hear you want to talk about Don Lemon, Scott.
1: De Lemon. Don, I'm sorry, Kara. You are past your prime. Not in their prime. Nikki Haley isn't in her prime. Sorry. when a woman is considered to be in her prime in her twenties and thirties and maybe forties. What do you talking about that's not according to me? Prime so for what? You are past your Amazon Prime plus 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 plus. Past your <laughs> your your womb is a barren field for which no seed can find purchase.
3: Oh, thank you, Scott.
1: Let's talk. Can we talk about that? Can we yes, go off script? P- go
3: ahead, please. Because I would have handled it. I mean, I thought Poppy did a great job. She's a friend of mine. So um, you're
1: siding with the woman here. That is oh really God, unusual. Stop.
3: stop. Come sorry, on. It ahead. was so stupid. But it Go was. ahead. Tell me. Tell me.
1: Well, no, exactly. I'm, I'm very serious. I, I actually think it's f- funny on certain levels, serious on others, and also indicates some interesting things about our, our modern day society. I'd love to hear your view. I have a view on it.
3: Well, should you go first?
1: Uh, so you can shame me. Um,
3: <laughs> yes, that's uh, correct. Yeah,
1: so, uh, like when Obama was debating Romney, please sure. continue, Governor. Um, please
3: continue, Scott.
1: I, I thought it was really interesting and a good learning moment. And that is, okay. first off, just because you're a gay man of color doesn't mean you can't be incredibly tone deaf and, quite frankly, yeah. stupid. Yeah, and fair point. Uh, uh, what it comes right down to, in my view, is that I don't think we recognize, if you go to the very core, how powerful instinct of evolution is and that is we overvalue and we assign more value to men who have resources, specifically yeah. tech billionaires.
3: True. We're Truth. under the
1: impression that they're godlike. We assign too much value to them. And we assign uh on the negative side too little value to women who are no longer in their childbearing years. Yeah. Because uh once a woman I mean if you really if you think about it, the the world is kind of optimized for two people. Rich men and young, attractive women, and we kind of discriminate against everyone else.
3: Yeah, okay. And
1: I find that this was just this naked, tone deaf uh, response to this notion that somehow once you're out of your childbearing years, you somehow lose value. And it's just such a primal, stupid thing to say. (laughs) It's like
3: come a couple weeks after he said another stupid thing about sports. The thing he said was fair, but the way he said it was tone deaf. But go ahead.
1: Well, the other thing is like, the other thing is, I, one of the things, Sam Harris has said this. I love, one of the great things about our species is that we can apologize and we can ac- accept apologies. And yeah. he apologized. I think he knows it was stupid. I think it's actually spawned a really important debate. And if you think about, uh, I think the most important leader of the last 30 years in terms of a steady hand was probably Chancellor Merkel. yeah and was elected, you know, a quantum physicist, a quantum Uh chemist, excuse me, elected to office at 51. But we have these, the whole point of being a modern person is that you can modulate your instinct. And our instinct is to be so drawn to men with power, which in today's age is money, that we afford them way too much license and to diminish women who are outside their childbearing years. Uh And it's just like everyone's instinctive go-to Oh. Uh, but I, I think, uh, I think we should accept his apology and learn from it. Um, yeah. I also yeah. think it's hilarious that it's happening on CNN, quite frankly. I know. I mean,
3: that show is now attracting attention. I don't think it's good attention. Scott, I have nothing to attack you on there. I have to say. Um, I thought it's nonsensical and also obvious at the same time. Again, uh, I know Don really well. I know all of them on that show. And I, and Poppy is a friend of mine. Um, is, is it, it just her sitting there and her face going like this. Yeah. Like, yeah, fucking yai! Like you're kidding me. Women swallow; have to swallow their rage. They do. They absolutely. She didn't do. swallow it. She, she walked didn't. Off. But she, I know what she. I'm sure she wanted to say, "What the fucking hell."
1: She uh, kind of did, though. I mean, yeah, she, didn't she did just, a great job. She's a classic. She didn't actually. say, "Let's cut to the weather." I mean, yeah, she got no, back in his face. <laughs> she
3: did. She. Did, she's a great. She's a great. She's a, an undersung broadcaster. I think one of the things that's interesting is over on Fox, the two men, um, Greg. Fathead and the other guy, uh, Jesse, whatever the fuck, um, was, did an even worse thing talking about women are in their prime, in their teens, started to make sort of weird, creepy, Matt Gaetzian-like comments. And the three women just sort of looked, looked down, looked away, didn't know what to do. Um, it's just, it's not, it, it, it's like, and then if you say, shut the fuck up, men say, oh, you're humorless. It's like, you know, what What I would have done, it was interesting, I thought, what would I have done in that situation? I probably would have thrown it back at Don mm-hmm. and said, well, I mean, you're, you're pretty old. What, how old are you? Well, you look really good. Ex- I mean, you could lose five pounds, but you know, otherwise, you know, your skin looks pretty good, except for right there. Like, I would start doing the same things back at him mm-hmm. um, that he was essentially doing. And and not see how he likes it but how does it sound it sounds terrible no matter what he does it just was it was so stupid it was just stupid i don't know what else to say and that people i know people think those things but at some point it's not woke to just shut the fuck up about stuff like that just like you can't say everything you want you can't you can't you can't in life and i i do think women learn a lot quicker what not to say than men do and I think men, when they are told something they can't say, lose their fucking minds about everything. Um, And it was interesting. It was interesting. They still have to get that show right, right? It doesn't really matter. The ratings are off. They got to get people watching. It shouldn't be because the guy said a dumb thing, you know?
1: This is, uh, I think it goes for a broader issue in our economy, and our society, and that is if you think about so the my professional rock and my partner for literally the last fifteen mm. years is a woman named Catherine Dillon who's mm. my age, yeah, and we both observed a there's huge ageism in the workplace. I remember I hired yeah. a guy to be an engineer on our tech team who was in his fifties, and he would walk into a room, and I could see all the other twenty eight year olds making one hundred and eighty grand a year because they'd taken a you know a general assembly yeah. class in Ruby Rails. They'd look at him like, dude, what happened? Yeah, Like, if you're not a CEO or a, a pretty senior by the time you're in your 50s, yeah. people literally look at you like, oh, you must be really bad at what you do. Yeah. Otherwise, you'd be running the. You should be. Run, I'll be running this place in, in 20 or 30 years. And two, the, the sexism, uh, I've talked about this. I think that the educational industrial complex is biased against men. Oh. I think the labor force is biased against women. It just okay. is. The workforce is biased against women, specifically women once they have children. Uh, the corporate world has just decided that once you get older and you have kids, we can't maintain your corporate trajectory. And what Catherine always says to me, uh, and I just – it's just amazing. It really is amazing. How many professional women are there out there in their 50s and 60s? They just give up. They just leave. If they have any economic security, if they have any options, they're like, I've had it with this shit. Yeah. It is not easy to find a woman in her 50s or 60s who hasn't pulled the ripcord.
3: Well, hi. Nice to meet you.
1: Well, I get that, but but you're exceptional. But don't you agree? They're just, they're I literally a like a unicorn. Leave, yeah,
3: I do think there's women leave faster because it does get a little tiresome. I, interestingly, I don't get as much incoming as other women do. Um, I think people are scared of me. I think that's right. Uh, I think I, I present, you know, Audie Cornish, said something I'm interviewing her this week and she's getting a big award. Really love her. She's a great uh, podcaster and broadcaster.
1: Former CNN host who was asked to stay on, unlike the other very famous CNN Plus host. Well, she's
3: very talented.
1: Still waiting for that guy to call me, Chris yeah. Lick. Chris, you miss you don't have my number. You missed
3: us. She said, "I treat some men like some men treat women. You know what I mean? Like, but yeah. I don't. I don't. It was interesting, and I, I keep thinking about what that means. But I have a. It's interesting when I have my own experience. But you're right. People are not." It's just like, it's like, really? And if you have enough money, you just don't have to deal with it. I, pref- I It's really interesting because I thought about it in, the, in the terms of our dynamic. Because sometimes you say things that are not things that are to my liking um, and vice versa. And I think one of the ways to handle it is not just a learning experience, to really hash it out. And I think one of the appeals of the show is we actually hash it out. Like, we don't, um, we don't you know, put apologies. We don't do this we have a real tough discussion and we're willing to do that with each other. And I think people feel relieved Um, because we don't pretend it does one thing. If you say something that sucks, it doesn't suck. We don't pretend if something that's just not that bad, we laugh about it, right? And so I think one of the hard parts about that is it becomes this mini stupid drama that's like, oh my God, are you still arguing about this shit right now in 2023? That's to me.
1: But what what you're saying... Is super important in the educational environment, and that is, I'm purposely provocative and say off-color things in you class, do. and there's a pause. I'm like, well, make an argument against what I just said, and let's all yeah. learn from it. And by the yeah. way, if the person said something incorrect, you can forgive them, and they can learn, and we can all move along. that's that the whole we're not. I, I worry that in universities, and I've always said this, we don't want to produce wokesters, we want to produce warriors. Yeah. And progressive thought has a lot of merit. It, its home is in educational institutions, and I think there's a reason for that. But we also have to have these discussions. And at the end of the day, it just may make your viewpoints stronger. But we've gotten to a point where it, it, when someone says something, rather than saying you're wrong and having a discussion, it's how can I shame you and potentially take action against your career? Fair. And I, I find I know and- I know
3: we're back to that, but Don says something stupid. And, right. we should and he's apologized, him. and it's yep. been a
1: worthwhile yep. conversation. It's yep. been productive. Yep.
3: yep, yep, absolutely. Anyway, today we'll talk about the Supreme Court cases debating the very nature of the internet. Also, Facebook's newest feature it looks a lot like something from Twitter. And we'll hear from a listener who thinks someone is ripping off his family. couple little things. Let's do them very quickly. The price of Netflix is going down, just not in the U.S. The streaming giant is cutting prices in dozens of countries across the Middle East and North Africa, in some cases by much as 50%. I assume this is on the advertising things. Does it feel unexpected to you?
1: So in the world of brand strategy, we always talk about there's this uh, kind of age-long conflict, and that is globalists versus localists. Do you have one product, one package, one price, and try and position it in a homogenous way around the world? And then there's localists. And localists say, let's hire talented brand managers who figure out consumer patterns unique to that market and then adjust for the pricing, the packaging, the product. So there's sushi in a McDonald's, in sure. Tokyo, you can right. buy a beer, at, you know, et cetera. I'm a localist. And I find whenever you find people trying to be globalists, it's some guy at headquarters looking for a bigger job. Yeah. And what this is simply is what I see it is they recognize that 12 bucks a month in some countries is just untenable. It's just yeah. not they're not going to get market penetration. They are charging people as much as you know they might spend on several meals. So I just see it as just pure local brand management.
3: Yep. Second one, the U.S. military shot down three unidentified flying objects, as we know. Turns out they spent at least $1.5 million to do so. They don't know what three of them are, I guess. The price tag does not include the resources used to search for debris. I just, I think it was worth the price. I don't know. What about you? I
1: think that's the best money the government spent in a while.
3: I know. I, just I don't. I mean, oh. we
1: spend we spend a lot Stupid more and a lot shit. dumber things than that on the mm-hmm. government. So I, I say, I'll give him some practice. I think those pi- the pilot that got the order to shoot that thing down is yay. literally like yippee. Fucking coyote. I know. I
3: felt all maverick. No about
1: it. problem. I I Roger that. Yes, roger exactly. that, Houston. A little, a little target <laughs> that practice. bitch is coming down.
3: <laughs> yeah, he little target practice on the prairie dog over there.
1: Yeah, 100%. Um, I'm good
3: with that. And the last thing, which I think is funny Tesla will establish global engineering headquarters in Palo Alto, which is apparently in California. Uh, Elon that. Musk announced a decision at an event with Governor Newsom. They're back to be friends. Just to remind you, in 2021, Tesla moved its headquarters from Palo Alto to Austin, Texas, after Musk called California the land of taxes over regulation and litigation. Tesla faces regulatory challenges in the state, including accusations of deceptive marketing in a lawsuit alleging racial discrimination, which is coming up. Uh, I just love that Gavin Newsom.
1: You love I, You love Governor Newsom?
3: Look at this. How did he get this guy to do this and also slap him silly publicly? I don't know. I think it's great.
1: I'm not sure he got him to do it. I, I mean, there is something yeah, for all the shit posting about California. Yeah. If you're a, an incredibly bright, ambitious young person who's credentialed, it comes out of a great university, there's this, you feel this giant sucking sound towards the Bay Area in California. Yeah. yeah there's still a culture of innovation around media and around tech that is unrivaled globally. Unrivaled. And they attract, I mean, it just, you just meet. I talk to a lot of second year MBAs and they just kind of like, Go West Young Woman. Just so many of yeah. them think, oh, I'm going to I'm going to LA or I'm going to San Francisco to be in tech. And yeah. that's the secret sauce. So I don't I don't think it's I any- know, but this
3: is a guy who insulted the state about his jury in San Francisco was woke or whatever the hell he was saying. They let him off. You know, he just loves to insult California and then they do the right thing. Welcome back to California, Elon. That's
1: all I said Yeah, to there say. you go.
3: Amazon has completed its acquisition of One Medical. The company has officially acquired the healthcare provider for $3.9 billion after the deadline for the FTC to challenge the acquisition passed. One Medical has 200 medical offices and over 800,000 current members. Amazon will discount first-year membership fees for U.S. users, regardless of prime status. While the FTC is publicly struggling to keep up with mergers, the commission could still take legal action at a later date. I, I was always like, don't touch this one, Lena I Khan. I don't know. What do you think? There's I challenge. think you're
1: absolutely right. When, first off, I'm a paying member of One Medical, and I love yeah. it. I think it yeah. does a great job. I think healthcare is arguably the most disruptible industry um, in the world. You know, it's raised prices fast than inflation for 40 years. You have know, one yeah. in five people are happy with their healthcare. You can't name an industry you yeah. just consistently raise prices, and 80% of your customer base doesn't like it. Yeah. Uh, they do a great job. They leverage technology, remote health. Uh, I think uh, I, when I got COVID, they could, yeah. they, I went online, they said, okay, here's, they can not only prescribe me Paxilvid, but they could tell who had it in stock and sent me a map of how to get there. I'm
3: joining again. I ha- I joined many years ago and then I stopped. Um, I, I like some of my, 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 most of my, you know, my neurologists and cardiologists, mm-hmm. but with a sickness, both Amanda's really sick too, is, uh, um, thanks, kids. Um you know, I was telling Scott before I've lost like twelve ten twelve pounds. and instead and of what a SEMPIC, did I say, what?
1: Your only one stomach flew away from your target weight. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> that's from the devil Wears Prada.
3: It's either a sempic or toddlers, and either way, it works. Um but We were like, what do we take? I call my brother, right? I Mm -hmm. don't have a person. It's really hard to get a personal physician anymore. Like it's hard. You have to wait on a wait list.
1: Well, there's a word for that. When you call your brother who's an MD and the head of anesthesiology department at UCSF, it's called privilege, Kara. It's called privilege. No,
3: it's because my brother's not UCSF. It's CMPMC. In any case, I I shouldn't be calling my fucking brother about medical advice.
1: Yeah, I agree.
3: And I was like, I'm joining one medical again. This is fucking ridiculous. I I did on these illnesses, like for my heart and maybe gynecological stuff. I'm not going to one medical for that. But I get sick ten times a year now, like or whatever. It'd just be a lot easier just to go in. The the stuff you get every year, whatever this is, the rotavirus I had, the 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 RSV before that. um, I would I just think it's it's a great service i liked it when i had it last time
1: great speaking of losing weight i lost weight going to the doctor last week i went to the dermatologist and oh, it's no, literally you- her name's dr christina Lampur. did
3: you get that ward off your head
1: uh no i still have that she tried to freeze it off but that bitch isn't going anywhere seriously Man. that thing's staying there anyways Is it- but it's literally i could tell you what she's gonna tell me she looks at everything she's like well we gotta take that off
3: yeah. I, I always want to touch it but go ahead
1: well, thank god i haven't heard yeah. that in a while anyways yeah.
3: Too. I really want to take a knife to it, but go ahead.
1: She'll say it's either we got to take that off or we got to take that off and test it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so I get that call from Dr. Lampour yesterday saying everything really came back negative. You're fine. But I literally, I, I the dermatologist is, I kind of like going to the doctor's office because they seem very concerned about yeah. me and they touch yeah. me, which are things that are lacking in my life. Okay. All right. But, but it's just hilarious. I go to the derm and they like take everything off. I have yeah, scars I like all over a me.
3: Yeah. Anyway, I'm, I think this is the right move. We'll see if she comes after this one. There's so many correct things to go at Amazon for. This is not one of them. Same thing with MGM.
1: Um, oh, and just being of antitrust, we were circling, or I was circling the core issue here. Antitrust is supposed to be either too much power in the channel, Brandusian, or the Bork is, it? it's bad for consumers and would raise consumer prices. And that doesn't yeah. apply here. The uh, Amazon coming into healthcare should make healthcare um, more competitive yeah. and healthcare desperately needs more competition. This is actually, I mean, if the FTC could ever encourage things, this might be yeah. one they would encourage. So this yeah. would make no I sense. I would, I would
3: hope they don't ruin it because it was a very well run system. I met the, one of the people involved in the beginning of it and was so impressed by them. Anyway, let's get to our first big story. The Supreme Court has heard the arguments. Now it has to decide on the future of the Internet. This week, the nation's highest court heard two cases that could impact Section 230, the law that protects online platforms from lawsuits over their users' posts. Uh, both cases claim that online platforms contributed to deaths from terrorism by hosting and sometimes promoting content from ISIS. In the first case against Google, which is Google versus Gonzalez, justices seems skeptical of the claims. Here's the clip.
0: Uh, I'm afraid I'm completely confused by... Whatever argument you're making at the present time.
2: So I guess um, I guess I'm thoroughly confused. But let me let me try to um, let me try to understand what your argument is.
0: And I'm trying to get you to explain to us how something that is standard on YouTube for virtually anything that you have an interest in suddenly amounts to aiding and abetting because you're in the ISIS category.
3: Those are justices, Alito, Jackson and Thomas, very different people. Thomas has been very, and Alito has been very aggressive on some of this stuff, not in this area, but uh, this the lawyer for uh, Gonzalez, who was also the lawyer for the next case again, Twitter versus Tomna. I know a lot about this because I did a whole show today. It's on On with Kara Swisher with three uh, Supreme Court expert lawyers. And the judges were all in agreement. It was really quite something to see. In the second case, which claims that Twitter violated anti-terrorism laws, justices questions Twitter's defense. Here's an exchange between Twitter's lawyer and Justice Sotomayor comparing the case to one about a bank funding terrorists.
0: Why was the indirect assistance, fungible money, Um, make those defendants liable, but you're not liable for providing a platform that you knew they were using to recruit people and to um, help arrange other terrorist acts. Again, there is nothing in the legal framework set out there that talks about aiding and abetting or substantially assisting an enterprise
3: you know i I know a lot about this let me start uh sotomayor was on the edge of this. most of the justices seem to agree what are we listening to this for um they did take the cases there's some very important cases coming up, but it looks like two thirty is gonna uh live to fight another day. What do you think, Scott
1: I'm very interested in this and that is I wrote uh on my um, I wrote a post um, on my newsletter on section two thirty a year ago and there's few groups that are more aggressive than the crypto Taliban. And one of them might be First Amendment absolutists. And so whenever you talk about 230, you have to really try and understand or make a decent argument. And one of my mentors, Jeff Bukas, who I think is one of the more thoughtful people in the world of media, he and I were talking about 230 and his view. And it's one I've adopted is that if it's, if, if a platform is like the bulletin board, At a school or a grocery store and people pin stuff up, it's reasonable to say, well, maybe the grocery store or the school where the, you know, someone pinned up a flyer isn't, shouldn't be liable. Something bad happens as a function of that content. But where things do change, and to me, it's a fairly elegant argument, is when the algorithms that are programmed by the people at that platform elevate the content and put it in your feet. And the Google versus Gonzalez case isn't. Trying to question whether or not these videos inspired someone to go kill a 21 or 22 year old student in Paris, it's about whether or not they uh, should own any liability because they, in fact, elevated that uh, YouTube uh, content and put it in people's feeds. And I think that's a reasonable argument. Also, I think the media has it wrong here, and it might be a bias on, on my end. But the media is basically saying that the court is. Disgusted with this and trying to push it back down. You need four justices to agree that there's a chance I'll overturn or, or, or overturn or change the law in order to hear it. So yeah. clearly there's enough justices where they feel this is worth listening to. And I do believe that a decent starting place for a revision of 230 would be, look, you control your algorithms. And if your algorithms mm-hmm. elevate content and extend the reach of it, you have made an editorial decision for which They're you not should are not going to do
3: this, Scott. What they said, essentially, is why isn't Congress fixing this if Congress wants to fix this? This is not something the justices
1: and that's And be. that's a fair argument. But there are two similar cases also coming up with yes, oral arguments. Yes, those
3: will be interesting.
1: And again... The, the other role that the Supreme Court plays is that when the lower courts can't agree on something, they're supposed to be the arbiter and actually weigh in and make a decision. So I'm right. actually more hopeful that they will that they will make a decision here and not kick it back to the kick it back who's I really failed here they will not is congress congress yeah. is supposed to take these complicated issues yes slow it down bring in experts really think about it and try and use a scalpel to change the law such so that it doesn't end up in the very blunt instrument of a court where right. they have to go yes or no because the these guys these aren't technology experts
3: no actually Kagan said that
2: I mean, we're a court. We really don't know about these things. It, it, we, you know, these are not, like, the nine greatest experts on the Internet.
3: <laughs> I mean, she called attention to it, and they, every one of them kept being like, no, like, it's not us. We're not going to make this decision um, several times, and... They just don't, you know, and uh, most of the lower courts have been pretty consistent about how two thirty decisions are made. It's pretty explicit. This, this, these, I think it's twenty six words. It's quite clear to most lower courts. There hasn't been a lot of uh, back and forth about this lower in lower courts. Uh, I, this this inter- this podcast it was very interesting. Most and not every of, of this group agreed, but most of them felt that it was the one time the Supreme Court spoke with one voice. Over something.
1: Yeah, there's bipartisanship around this issue. Yeah. But, um, I, I mean, I just think something's got to change here. I think sure. the, the people, the thing that, the courts and justices love about 230 is it's, it's, it's simplicity. But unfortunately, that yeah. simplicity has become somewhat crude and doesn't reflect what is actually going on and the damage that's being done under this, this, this blanket protection. Um, yeah. I mean, we do have carve outs. We have carve outs from 230 like on yeah. sex trafficking. Yeah. So, I, I'm, I'm hopeful that even if they kick it back to the court, someone is good. I think there's change coming here. I, I really well, do. We'll I, see.
3: I think they, you know, the three things one of the people on my panel talked about is we need to pass, as I've talked about, privacy legislation, transparency legislation, and antitrust legislation. It would change things more than this. If you remove 230, you would, up and, I mean, this, the justices understood this. I think they wanted to call attention to it. And I think one of them talked about this. It would collapse the entire industry into but there's endless sunlight. There's sunlight between
1: removing it and having yes. carve outs yes. and deciding that you are no longer, uh, you no longer have the protections of 230 when yeah. you make a conscious decision yeah. to elevate content. You're now, yeah. you're now, no, you're no longer a neutral arbiter. You're an editor. Uh, yeah,
3: I think it'll be a question of whether. The amplification of content
1: right.
3: is something, whether they can make recommendations. Google argued that they can. I think they felt that Google one, there's absolutely no way it's not going Google's way. Um, the other one may, but, you know, just because they're bad at content moderation doesn't mean you should remove it. That's that's the thing. And, co- again, this is Congress's. This is not the Supreme Court's, and I but thought they handled it well. That's
1: another case. The Texas case yes, about... Yes.
3: Well, they're more interested in that one for sure.
1: Saying that, okay, you cannot remove content is in its own way a pretty egregious violation of the First Amendment.
3: Yes, And that's the
1: the, the kind of unusual or odd AG from Texas saying yeah, Ken you're not allowed Paxton. to remove content. Yeah, and- that's Ken
3: Paxton. Anyway, I, I really was, I have to say, I was thrilled to listen to this debate. They, they said what they didn't know. They're like, mm-hmm. we don't know what we don't know. This seems like it's for Congress. And they asked good questions and they weren't technically mm-hmm. illiterate. Um, but they did understand the crux of the issue and how complex it is. And they also understood the business implications. Each one of them understood it. Yeah, well, and Kavanaugh's for once, Clarence that, yeah. Thomas wasn't, you know, an idiot. I just find him to be so not not a great thinker. Even he was like, Come on, what I have a feeling the tech companies did rather well here. I'm sorry to say the lawyer for both Gonzalez and um Tamna was not very good. He's a very well known and well respected lawyer. And I and I I'm there was a rumor that the tech companies bought up all the big stuff, but he's a very well respected thing. He just he kept sighing at them, which is not a thing the Supreme Court likes to hear. And he kept saying, I don't know, which was not good either. He did not distinguish himself in this case. The lawyers for the tech companies were, were quite competent and good and clear. Anyway, we'll see. All right, Scott, let's go on a quick break. When we come back. We'll talk about Meta's new revenue play and take a listener question about a suspicious money manager.
2: Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in Talk to your local State Farm agent today about small business insurance. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
3: Scott, we're back with our second big story. Meta's business is hurting, and now users will pay. The company could eliminate thousands of more jobs, according to a report in the Washington Post. Um, but Mark Zuckerberg announced a not totally original plan for new revenue. The CEO announced a new paid subscription called Meta Verified. Subscribers will receive a blue badge, fast access on customer support, and increased reach on Facebook and Instagram. They'll also get some sort of digital stickers. Unlike Twitter Blue, users will have to provide government-issued ID when they apply for verification. Once verified, they won't be able to change biographical data in their profile. But like Twitter Blue, meta-verified subscription will cost more than iOS on the desktop, $11.99 a month on the web, or $14.99 on iOS. It's launching first in Australia and New Zealand. I mean, we have to, this is like the airline that's charging for peanuts, but they'll do a good job because it's a, they're not going to kick off people they already verified, you know, and, and call them lords and ladies. They're not going to be obnoxious. They're not going to call us corrupt. Um, I got verified. I don't even remember. I remember a Facebook executive called me and said, would you mind if we did this? And I'm like, I don't care. I don't use your shitty service anyway, but, um, but it's just, it's a way to make money. I can't – to pay for customer service and your own security seems depressing. But anyway, tell me what you think, Scott.
1: So as is, is shocking as it sounds, in November when I was doing my predictions for 2023, I, I had three stock picks for uh, 2023 that I thought would do well. And one of them was meta. And um, because at some point, they're going to wake up from this fever dream of Mark Zuckerberg and take that $1 billion plus, they're literally wasting on the metaverse, and it's going to go straight to the bottom line. In addition, I think this is a really good move. I yeah. think this is a really good move. And the difference, if you think about it culturally, meta should never attempt, meta should not have an R&D department. Yeah. They have never created anything of any original uh, value yeah. within their four walls. So keep in mind the DNA of the founder lives on in a company for a long time. And this is an individual who stole the original idea. And then their most successful product, Instagram, they they acquire. They're great acquirers and they're great copy. Snap has effectively been the R&D department for Facebook for a long time. Yeah, They never do anything original. But but that's fine because if you look at the history of business, the company that creates the most shareholder value isn't the innovator, it's the second mouse who gets the cheese. And there's one key difference here between what Twitter tried to do with Twitter Blue and what I think it's called Meta Verified is doing, and that yeah. is they're demanding government issued ID.
3: Yeah, they're going to do it well. He always does things well. But go ahead.
1: So when you think about this, 2 billion daily active users, 3 billion users. I don't think it's unreasonable to think that in exchange for reach, in exchange for age verification, they could identity verification, meaning you are who you say you are, uh, and then elevating your reach, that they could get 5% in two or three years. That's 100 million people times 12 bucks, 1.2 billion, 15 billion a year. That would be 90 plus percent margin. I just think yeah. this could send the stock screaming. In addition, this addresses what is or begins to address what is the original sin of the internet. And that is, and you've said this, the internet was largely funded by advertising. Yeah. And in order to maintain the types of cash flows that these companies need and the growth they need, that means that it's become largely an attention monster. It's yeah. not about adding value. It's about it's about keeping your attention, regardless of whether it depresses you, your kids, makes you angry at your neighbors, convinces you to go to the Capitol steps and start spraying bear spray on a Capitol police officer, whatever it might be, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. So... The notion of moving slowly but surely to subscription, I would like to see all of these companies do that. Um, I, would, I, think I would
3: agree. I think about it. I was trying to think about it. One, he's going to do a good job. He's going to do the, the verified in an actual verification, not an Elon Musk's version of it which is none to say none, just here, pay $8, here's your badge. I think they'll do a good job in that, meaning we won't see a lot of scammering. I do like that they didn't say we're going to take away all everyone we gave it to before because they came to me because they wanted my name verified. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they, and they didn't like demonize the people who had it before, right? Um, or Because again, it was all initiated by them. Um, Increased reach I think is valuable to some people. That's great. That's worth something, sure. Yep. I'm not thrilled with the fast access to customer support. I think everyone on that service should get good, cust- solid customer support. That's so the three
1: billion people on that. Yes,
3: I agree. They should get a, a level of customer support. That's excellent. Period. I'm sorry. That I do think like it's like the airlines, like I get on the airline first at United because I'm a premier 1K. Mm-hmm. I get better service. I do. I get quicker answers. They let me change things. It's a very similar relationship. And um, I pay for it by using it. You know, that's how I pay for it, by using yeah, it. Yeah, but
1: you're, what well, you're saying is not 3 billion people, but the power users who create more value for them should get, they should start segmenting their user bits, yes. yeah Yes. Uh,
3: there's a lot of things. I've always thought they should do a subscription. Mark always pushed it off when I said it many years ago. I thought they should have a business service. But I think they'll, they'll do a better job. I, I never objected to paying for your blue check, I wanted them to do it in a verified way, like a real verification, not a bullshit way. And I I, I have to, and it had to have something of value to me. Nothing of this is of value to me, but I can see why some people would like it. And it's, as you start, to, like Prime is valuable to me. Um, Disney Plus is valuable to me. And that was my whole argument back then. If you're not giving me value, I'm not giving you money.
1: You know what off. struck me, uh, uh, just a uh, bit of a tangent, but in terms of just kind of for me, just distill the value of of streaming and why mm-hmm. cable is dying. You know, we've yeah. talked about Hulu Plus, and you said I, I like live TV. Occasionally, I want to see CNN or I want to see MSNBC or I want to see a sports game. So the way I access live TV is through Hulu, and I think what is it, fifty-five or eighty-five bucks a month? I mean, it's real money to get live TV piped in. And it's because slowly but surely every, um, content provider, cable channel was able to charge more and more fees. And we had no choice because it was one cable line coming into our homes because regulatory Mm -hmm. capture kind of regulated monopolies. And I know a young person would much rather have Netflix than Hulu live than live TV. For me, it's about equivalent because I do like to watch the 11th hour. I like to watch Fareed Zakaria. Anyways, but the fact that the two are equivalent. In kind of the consumer consumer valuation, and one is twelve bucks, and one is fifty plus. Yeah, you remember Alex got it. Gives you a sense for just how out of whack and how disruptible cable television was. That all of these fees, every household at one point, or like forty percent of American households at one point, was paying eight bucks a month for ESPN, whether you like sports or not. I've never watched sports, but cable just got so fat and happy. And if you think about streaming, it's just such. A superior exponentially superior value, it is, yeah. At 12 bucks and all a all live TV, you're like, okay, six, one half dozen, the other, but once fit, once 10 times the cost. Anyways, that's my big yeah. value lesson.
3: The amount of Disney Plus I use is crazy. Netflix and Disney Plus for my kids, you know, N- Netflix has Teletubbies and Disney Plus. I'm sorry, Claire's married to it. Some of it's a bit of a protection racket, I do think. is... Um, like when Twitter's turning off text-based two-factor authentication for users who don't pay for Twitter Blue, I- I- I'm sort of like, are you fucking kidding me? You pay us, But the whole,
1: vulnerable? the whole world, the entire marketing world, if you try to distill it down to some basic constructs, right. one of them is the whole world's going iOS or Android. Yeah, And that is Android says, okay, the majority of the world can't spend $1,200 on a phone, so we'll give you a phone for free. You can get yep. a phone for free. I know. But we're going to treat you like a digital body bag. And you're the product and we're going to sell it to advertisers. And then iOS says, all right, we're actually going to focus on the end consumer and make a more elegant experience, but it's going to cost. Yeah. Essentially what's happening with Meta Verified is I think they're going to sequester people who can afford it and give them a better service. The whole world is, I get that. I'm talking about
3: the two factor. If they go over to two factor authentication and charge for that, that's, they should, people who want two factor authentication, it should be a basic cable kind of thing. They should it. Yeah, but
1: that's what Twitter I mean I, if Twitter does this what I think I think do, what Twitter's what's going to happen with Twitter you don't realize how vile and aggressive uh, Twitter is until you spend some time off of it and then you go back on I and agree. you're like shocked you keep going again
3: back on you keep I've not been on there
1: you just Except can't get over You're like oh fuck I forgot about how just mm-hmm. ugly this can get how fast. That's true. But I, if they if they figure out some sort of verification that sequesters people who are reasonable, so much. I again I just think this comes down to identity. You don't go up yeah. and say these things because someone can recognize you and may yeah. see you again. Two f- uh,
3: two factor authentication needs to be free. Sorry, you can't charge for that. You can't. If people want to use it, it's a good it's thing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sure um, Zuckerberg's announcement didn't mention metaverse or VR. Um, those layoffs are coming. I'm assuming it's there. Correct? I mean,
1: I'm fascinated. This all the attention in the media was on quiet quitting. Yeah. What's really happening in the marketplace is quiet firing, and it's called back yeah. to the office mandates. Yeah. Oh, I just yeah, think it's, it's, it's everyone says. Hot. Er, Everyone's talking about, oh, people want yeah. people back in the office. I'm like, no, they don't. They want to trim their workforces. And yeah. this is what's going to happen. They make a back That's to the correct. office mandate. They go, they say to HR, all right, We'd like to, we'd like to fire 15,000 people. <laughs> and I'm like, well, how do we do that? We, yeah. everyone is up severance because we've all made so much money to six months. So this is, we're talking about billions of dollars yeah. in bad headlines. Like I got an idea. Let's have a back to the office mandate. And you can bet, Kara, that there's yeah. some people who are really important who they're making exceptions for, <laughs> Well, but the rest, they're going to say, oh, you can't come back in the office. Oh, that means yeah. you're quitting. No yeah. severance, no yeah. must, no fuss, reduce our workforce. It's, yeah, it I, is I the most agree. elegant, quiet firing but, I've you seen know, years. Somebody,
3: You know, it's interesting because there was a thing hurtling around the internet of a guy who, um, he made 6 million. If he stays, he gets 10. Uh, but you know, I'm not coming cause they're making me come back. And I was like, Good for you, boss. Okay. Good
1: for you. You showed them. Like,
3: you know, they're paying you a lot of money. Don't be, it's interesting. It's the most obnoxious people are the highest paid ones, honestly. Anyway. What, you um, mean
1: tech billionaires who should post America and build a thin layer of innovation on top of middle-class investments via the U.S. government?
3: I was talking the other day to someone who asked me for career balls, and all they were doing was belly aching. And I said, you know what your problem is? You're a fucking belly acher. Like, give me a break. Like, you, you know. I said, can we really look at your value? I, I got so irritated. Um, and I was like, is your value really that much? Because I think you're replaceable. I think almost everybody is. And they're like, well, you don't put up with shit. I said, because I'm valuable and I make a lot of money. I was like, so I can do that.
1: But So you doing- want to hear about my one call? I've only what? ever had one call, mostly because... I've always run businesses, but when my business got acquired, yeah. I've only ever had one call from HR. It happened forty eight hours after the deal closed. I got a call from HR. Oh, no. By the way, this this individual called me at like Friday at four thirty and said, Hi, this is so and so from HR. We need to speak no. as soon as possible. And I start oh, calling no. back. Oh, she no. doesn't return my call till Monday afternoon. I'm like, you know, what do you think my weekend was like? No, it's like
3: a like surgery. We've heard
1: like, we've noticed what?
3: something on the scan. <sighs> i like, what do, you,
1: what do you think my weekend was like when I get my yeah. first call ever from HR, from the company that just acquired my company saying we need to speak to you and you don't, you don't take the time to call me back over the yeah. weekend. Yeah. Anyways, uh, it was the following. We had, we always have all hands meetings and I used to force yeah. everyone to come in at eight in the morning in New York, which is yeah, not no, easy. That it was, sh-
3: that's shitty. No,
1: I was a shitty boss. And I had a t-shirt that said that shitty yeah. boss. Anyways, and, could do nine, nine. So. So, by the way, when I hired a CEO, that's the first thing he did was he canceled the 8 a.m. mini. Anyway, we have an all hands. I think an all hands is important. And we would get up and different people would kind of go around the room and talk about what people were working on. We try to be very transparent about the business and just update everyone and everything and highlight good work. And one kid raised his hand and said, oh, I'm new here. I just have a question about the vacation policy. Yeah. And I said, the vacation policy is when you just start, you don't ask about the vacation policy. And everyone laughed, and I said, "Just kidding. Talk to Karen. Um, yeah, you know, we'll, and she'll outline it for you. Hair on fire at HR. You oh, can't say anything to anyone about vacation policy. <laughs> da da da. And I'm like, next thing you're going to tell oh, me is no. we have to have pet bereavement leave. Um, but it, I grew up, and I'm not yeah. saying things have gotten better. I grew up in an entirely different oh, workplace. You and, me,
3: you and me both, fella." Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm not exaggerating. When I was at Morgan Stanley, one job I've ever had, you were not allowed to, you had to be there before yeah. anyone senior to, to you was there and you could not leave
3: oh, really? until
1: anyone senior to you had That left. was a basic
3: rule where I was And too, that's but.
1: bullshit, but it, I mean, things have gotten a lot better. And what, what people don't realize is the pendulum's about to swing back viciously towards management and capital. He, here's
3: how you can fight that though. I'll tell you that. that? When I was a young reporter in Celeste, tell. I was out of the office a lot, and I was doing reporting and things like that, and all these people were in the office. I was like, what are you in the office for? Like, why are you sitting there talking to each other and having lunch and typing on your computers? And there wasn't even the internet to play with then. And my boss said to me, well, you have to, you have to come in. And I was like, why? I was like, why precisely? Um, and they're like, well, we got to know where you are. You know, it was really interesting. I said, I'm at the movies. I don't know. Maybe I'm at the movies. I said, I'm out reporting. You numbskull. This is what I was in my 20s. This is, I was even worse then. And I said, if I turn in everything and I'm the best, can you leave me alone? And you have to be really good if you want to get extra perks and bennies from people. You have to really excel at your work. You just do.
1: Or make less money. I think yeah, there should be a classification yeah. it's true. for not work. If you want to
3: work nine to five, that's great. Yeah.
1: You're just yeah, and to there's certain the – I do think, right. though, I do think it is very hard to scale a culture remotely. Yeah. I do think you right. need a center of gravity. And also, I've said this a bunch, if you're young, yeah. the office is a feature, not a bug.
3: Yeah, that's say. All right, last thing, finishing up the verified thing. On Twitter, where users don't have to show an ID to be verified – Accounts pushing Russian propaganda are buying blue checks. Uh, that's according to the research group Reset. Elon Musk even replied to one of the accounts as it made a bogus claim about death tolls in Ukraine. Oh, Jesus. And last month, Twitter verified at least two members of the Taliban on Twitter, removed the check marks after the backlash. I mean, look, just do it well, Twitter. Like, if you want to charge, do it well.
1: I oh, don't it's know too what late. else to say. It's so too late. They fucked this up so badly.
3: I mean, they're like, it's- they're like... Goofists, they're like goofus to Mark gallant. He's just going to steal all their ideas and do it well, do it with some bit of class and security. And they'll steal, and then and then Elon can like kick and scream. But if you do a shitty job, you're not going to get as much. Sorry, you're going to have unhappy people.
1: Thank you. Agreed. Agreed.
3: All right, Scott, let's pivot to a listener question.
1: You've got, you've got. I can't believe I'm going to be a mailman. You've got mail.
0: Hi, guys. My name is Gary. I live in Sarasota, Florida, and here's my question. My brother-in-law is a retired farmer. He and his brothers worked very hard, and, and they have earned all their success. He claims to have a money manager, probably someone based in a small Indiana city, and claims to earn 8% on his money. Can this be so, or could the manager's name be Bernie? Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.
3: Scott, this is you.
1: Uh, the answer is no. And you should reach out to the SEC or the national or FINRA. Um, anyone. So I had an experience with this when my mom retired. Really? Yeah. When my mom retired um, to Las Vegas, you know, she had a little bit of money and she was all excited because this woman, and I can say her name because she's a criminal, uh, Nancy Nash, claimed she could get her 14% on her money investing oh, in uh, uh, mining companies. Yeah. And so she brought us in. My mom said, you're smart, come with me. And she said, okay, how much money do you have to invest? She had X and she said, well, I can get you X times 0.14 a year. And I'm like, well, how do you know that? How can you guarantee that? And she said, well, we've done all these mining studies. And she yeah. gave me this thick thing. And I'm like, I don't need to look at this. No one can guarantee anybody 14%. Right. And it ended up, by the way, Nancy Nash yeah. uh, was convicted and sent to prison. Yeah. Um, and uh, because for defrauding seniors. You cannot yeah, get eight well. percent guaranteed. you might you might get eight percent, but you are subjecting your capital to risk. And by the way, that risk might be worth it. And so, if a financial advisor says to you, one of the things they say is what your is your risk complexion, and as you yes, get older, you your risk complexion goes down. and that is you don't want to you know you don't want to take risk because there's not enough time to earn it back. Eight percent isn't an unreasonable goal for return, but it's a goal. No one can guarantee it ever. And also the key, the key, your Kevlar and your brother's Kevlar. Is diversification. You don't put any, you don't put, you don't go all in on anything. I don't even like to put more than 10 or 20% in any one asset class because the, the great thing about diversification is you get risk free return. It's your Kevlar. So in sum to our caller, no. And that person should be reported if they're in any way saying that there's any sort of certainty to getting 8%. Um, and two, you can get 8% over the long term, but it's through diversification. And low cost funds and individuals. Uh, I don't even like in inv- investing when there's someone on the other line. I think a financial planner is good in terms of diversification, tax planning, but at the end of the day, low cost ETFs from Vanguard to someone else are the way to go. But no, no one can get you eight percent guarantee. Yeah,
3: I think Scott Scott said it perfectly. Um, you just it's just a scam. It's ca- you can't claims to earn. You know, maybe maybe right. You pick the right stock at the right moment in the right time frame. You have to be diversified. You don't want to work your whole life and then have some idiotic, scammy money manager lose it all for you. And, you know, if it's too good to be true, it's always too good to be true. By the way, this is something George Santos did. He was pushing, it's very pushy with people on various investments. There's a great story. I think it was in the Washington Post about how he did this. And then when they were sort of like, this seems too good to be true, um... He started yelling at them and you wasted my time and I took you to a restaurant and et cetera, et cetera. And so I just, I agree with Scott. Just please uh, be very careful. Be safe. Be safe out there. Um, Scott, would you ever be a money manager? I wouldn't. That'd be terrible.
1: No. As a matter of fact, uh, some of the most stressful times of my life, yeah. um, I've raised a lot of money and everyone says use other people's money. Yeah. The most stressful times of my life outside I of agree. a few things with my kids- have been losing other people's money. Yeah, I've, me raised, too. I've raised I've made I've raised hundreds of millions of dollars for my yeah. companies some have worked some have not and the most stressful thing in my view is is losing other people's money and yeah. I would I, I I'm not kidding I'd rather just lose my own money. Yeah. And one of the nice things about um, when you get some economic security and you want to start a business, you can fund it yourself. And because I find investor communications, I mean, you get more leverage on other people's money. Yeah. There's less downside when you lose someone else's money, but yeah. it comes at a real toll if you, unless does. you're a sociopath.
3: I don't think about it. I try to spend almost no time thinking about money. Anyway, if you've got a question of your own you'd like answered, send it our way. Go to nymag.com slash pivot to submit a question for the show or call 855 855- 5-1-Pivot. All right, Scott, one more quick break. We'll be back for Predictions.
2: There are a million bad ways to start your morning off. The no-coffee traffic jam. The soggy morning jog. The why is the dog taking so long? Just go already walk. But you can unleash your ideal day with a perfect shower using Method Hair Care products. Designed with high-quality ingredients, Method's new range of shampoos and conditioners will give your hair undeniable softness and shine. And hey, if you're a night shower kind of person, that's great too. Try pure peace infused with peony, rose water, and quinoa protein. Or Simply Nourish, crafted with coconut, rice milk, and shea butter. Or Daily Zen, made with cucumber, seaweed, and green tea. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. Shop
0: Support for the show comes from the Harvard Business Review. while much of Harvard Business Review's content is available for free after signing up at their site, subscriptions to unlimited content start at only $10 a month. What a bargain. Go to hbr.org subscriptions and enter the promo code PIVOT right now to get 10% off your subscription. Again, save 10% off your HBR subscription. Go to hbr.org subscriptions and enter the promo code PIVOT. Okay, hey, Scott, let's hear a prediction.
1: I think me and Poppy Harlow are going to be fake friends. Poppy's the kind of friend yeah. where we sh- I imagine her living in Delray, and yeah. uh, she'd call me and say, Scott, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm just hanging out. And she'd be like, well, I'm going to the airport. Would you like to give me a ride? And I would give her a ride and we'd have a lovely conversation. Uh-huh. Uh, anyways, that's my new fake friendship. We're good, good friends. You know, we're, we're seeing good, good friends. each other
3: this weekend, and we'll talk about it. We're going to make a video for
1: you. Really? Yeah. I Poppy. love Poppy Harlow. Yeah, we're, we're, our kids great. are going to play together. No. Yeah. she's got a great always, husband. You always have to one up me, don't I'm just you? you? You always know. have.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I texted her this morning. I'm like, anything new? What's going on? Um, mm-hmm. We're gonna get some croissants and children play this weekend in New York.
1: Uh, I forgot that it's Thursday and we're doing predictions. So I have a win yeah. and a fail. I, oh, I, I totally oh. forgot. I'm. It, the mushroom chocolates are just kicking oh, in. Oh,
3: God, you're in Tulum. And, that's correct. Okay. Well, go for right. it. Go for it. You can do it. Uh,
1: I'll do Okay, I'm going off. Uh, my uh, fail is uh, I'm on Twitter and I see Breaking Boulder High School. Yeah. And this is the only nation in the world. When you see the term high school.
3: Oh, shooting.
1: You immediately go to this horrific image. Yeah. When you see the term high school in Australia, when you see Sydney high school breaking Sydney high school, you know, you don't go, Oh, someone's gotten a weapon of war, which they can get legally and has decided to kill children. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it just, we become so numb to just how ridiculous this is. And yeah, the nothing can match the horror of people who lose loved ones. But what is incalculable and doesn't get enough attention is that. I love the study on countries. that looks at the happiest countries in the world. And seven of the 10 happiest countries in the world are in Northern Europe. And everyone immediately goes, oh, but they're socialists or they sit on a bunch of oil. Yep. Happiness is not only a function of, of what you get. It's absence from fear of what can be taken from yep, you. I'd agree. And in America, we have to live with this this thin, sometimes thick layer of context and fear that uh, that this can happen. And other nations and other citizens don't have to put up with the shit. So the question is, okay, maybe we have, you know, cheaper Nespresso pods. Maybe we have more billionaires, yeah. but is that worth it? I and agree. Uh, it just struck me. I'm, I'm kind of, I want things taken away. I want an absence of fear from knowing I'm going to go bankrupt if someone I love gets lung cancer. I want an absence yeah. of fear that every time I drop off my kids at school, that's something horrific. You have these images. I'm like, what would I do? Who would I call? Yeah. Like, what would I do, right? right? And how do I talk to my kids about this? Yeah. We have, and schools now in America, they have active oh, know, shooter drills.
3: <laughs> my kids' school has. Active shooter I drills I got an email create. from both my kids' schools about this.
1: It was right. Do you remember? Did you do duck and cover drills in school? No. I was we used too old, to do yeah. duck and If you see a flash of light, kids, you know, the Soviet yeah. nuclear no. bomb, duck and cover as if that'll save we your ass in a nuclear, <laughs> a nuclear you attack. Had those? Just duck and cover under your you desk. Had, and your you behind. really had those? Oh, my. You know what? Right, duck and cover. They put a song on it. No. I can't I believe you we didn't we have too, duck and cover I drills. You were, I'm older we than that. We would you, actually, the teacher would yell out, duck and cover. And we'd all like dive under our desk, like, it's lucky we survived that nuclear blast because we ducked and covered in the fifth grade in Mrs. Gollum's yeah. class.
3: Oh, really? We had those emergent, we did the thing <laughs> of getting out of school fast for fires and stuff. But anyway, which I think is good.
1: Uh, so anyways, my fail is the, the, the constant layer of fear that everyone in America, especially parents, has to endure. And it's just, it, there's just no, there is no credible, it's a, it's a fear that other people in other nations do not have to deal with and they still have gun rights. All
3: right, what's your um,
1: way? Uh, anyways, that's my fail. My my win is uh, uh, I'm just an enormous fan of President Jimmy Carter, and I think a lot about masculinity. And I was trying to think of how do you reframe masculinity as oh, service. Yeah. He was in the Navy, yeah. married, uh, uh, you know, a really impressive hot woman. Yep, was an aggressive, aggressive, bold entrepreneur, made millions of dollars, took over a failing yep. peanut farm, served his country. Very resolute. And then what do you do with all those assets and all those blessings? You advocate for and you protect others. And I think yeah. that's a decent definition of masculinity. Yeah, he's in a
3: hospice now. They're all,
1: he's right. at home on, on hospice I care. Say, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I was just thinking about how do we, I mean, my win is Jimmy Carter, but how do we reframe? Or how do we do a better job? I think in school and health they should have mating dynamics. I think we need to teach men how to talk to women and make them feel safe. I yeah. also think we need to to start talking about in a more productive way. And this would never go anywhere, but w- yeah. what uh, among young men? What does it mean to be masculine? Um, yeah. uh, and I think I think of him as somebody who sets a great role model. He did for young men. Wasn't,
3: was not a great president, but no, was wasn't was not. No, it wasn't. Don. Um, and pay some attention to Jimmy Carter.
1: Dilemma. We should, you know what, we should give Don some, some, sl- cuts him some slack here because he's very good looking and we should be he's nicer very to very looking. handsome people.
3: That's true. Um, and I I'll have, talk to
1: my good friend Poppy and see how she's feeling.
3: I'll, I'll let you know how she is.
1: <laughs> We're good, good any, friends.
3: Yeah, you know, you're not, not in any way. But if you'd like to meet her, I'd be happy to introduce you. I think she likes um, me. I think Poppy I,
1: and I would I get along.
3: She, does, I mean, I'm sure she likes you uh, as a character in my life. As a um, character,
1: as uh, like Stewie on The Family Guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. As
3: a character in the yeah. pantheon. Um, I'd like to say one quick thing. My aunt died uh, this week, and I'm she's, sorry to hear that. That's okay. She's been very sick. Um, she's my dad's sister. She had a lot of illness for a long time. One of the kind. She's very religious. We didn't always see eye on things, but she was such a kind and good. Speaking of Jimmy Carter, who's also very religious. Um, was such a kind and good person about her religion, about her life, lived a, lived a relatively quiet life, um, followed her husband all over the world. He was in the military and just a really good person. And so, um, anyway.
1: I'm sorry to hear that.
3: Sorry, I got, I teared up because really nice family. Anyway, okay, that's the show. We'll be back on Tuesday with more pivot
1: today's show is produced by lara name and evan engel and taylor griffin ernie Entertot engineered this episode thanks also to drew burrows and Neil silverio make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts thank you for listening to pivot from new york magazine and vox media we'll be back next week for another breakdown of all things tech and business Kara, we wish your family strength and are sorry for your loss